Welcome back, friends. I'm Mark Stenson, and you've come to our podcast, Unlocking Your World of Creativity. And I'm just really jazzed today to have as my guest, Jeff Venn. Jeff, welcome to the program. Glad to be here, Mark. Thanks for having me. Unlocking Your World of Creativity with Mark Stinson. Copyright 2021. We've created a special offer just for listeners of the podcast. You can get our book, A World of Creativity. Paperback is at a special price of $5.98, and the Kindle version is only $0.99. Cents. Go to my website, mark-stinson.com. The book is featured on the homepage. You can click it and go to Amazon, mark-stinson.com, and enjoy the book. My guest, Jeff Venn. And you know, Jeff, this podcast is all about, yes, inspirational, creative thinking and how to organize our ideas and such, but mainly how to get our ideas up and out into the world. And I was just so excited to talk to you. And your world of creativity also has this global sense. We've traveled all over the world and, you know, here we are in Jacksonville Beach, Florida. So we're going to soak up some of the sun and beach <laughs> from you today. So For sure. like, glad you're bringing a ray of sunshine to our podcast today. Glad so, to do it. Yeah, Jeff, this idea of so many people, especially creative spirits, say, you know, someday I'd like to have my own business, my own shop, do my own thing. And you've been doing this now, gosh, uh, 15, 20, 15 or 16 years for sure. Yeah, since 2005, uh, yeah, 16 years. And I guess from that standpoint, how did you find the the metamorphosis of your company from sort of freelancer, you know, one man band to really building a team, creating a company, building an agency. And what were the differences and the steps that you had to go to make that happen? For sure. So if you're like me and a lot of us, uh, we go out on our own and do everything in the beginning. So I took a typical track, how I got into it. It's interesting. I, I just did the track that was handed to me. My parents are uh, retired professors and went to school, got a computer science degree, minored in the graphic design, um, and then got a really nice corporate gig here in Jacksonville, Florida, working in IT, uh, doing programming. I quickly rose to leadership, but I got really bored. I was in my mid-20s. I love the leadership team. The IT team is probably 200 people, 2,000 people in the company, but I just was driving uh, into town every day, parking in the parking garage, walking all the way across the street, up the uh, elevator, 13 floors. And this company had actually a pension program, right? So work there 30 years, get your salary for life kind of thing, which, you know, to my parents and other people seem like really stable and steady, but I just, I'm a creative. And I think that civil service route was not for me. So I remember having this moment sitting in like the bureaucratic city style building in the leadership team and done pretty well. Love the 10 or so people I was working with, but looked across the table and there's this guy, maybe eight or 10 years from retirement, Richard, Richard, awesome guy. But I was like, man, he makes marginally more than me. And I have to sit in these same buildings, these same offices for the next 25 years. And I just knew that it probably wasn't for me. So at the time in 2005, you know, web design's coming up those projects have a shorter life cycle. So I moonlighted on the side for about six months. I had a 
wife, a one-year-old kid, but I left on really good terms. So after moonlighting for six months, my backup plan was if it just failed in a year, I'd just go back to that yeah, company. Yeah, you go back, at. right. Yeah, literally. And that's what, you know, word of advice. If you're thinking about going out on your own, hey, of course, always side hustle, moonlight, or if it's a passion play, I played a ton of music, which we'll get into later professionally, but it didn't really make any money for me. You know, you give it a chance to, to get into it or it's, it's this, if you've been in the mortgage field forever and you go out on your own, like you can always generally go back within a year. So people are like, oh, it's so risky. It's like, no, you got a little skill set built up and stuff. Uh, yeah, you need like a little little leeway, a little savings perhaps, or a little something to get through that year, but it's pretty easy to give it a go. So I gave it a go. 2005, I went out on my own and was wearing all the hats. And I think, Mark, that's where we're landing, right? How do you go from like doing everything like every sale, every every invoice. You're sweeping the floor and taking the garbage out every night for sure. But you know, yes, your company is called Create Studios Inc. So I love the three parts of that. You know, you're creating, yes, but it's a studio, which implies, you know, there's people around you and you've Mm -hmm. got a support group. And then of course the ink part is how do you run the business and organize that? For sure. So was doing everything. But here's, here's what I've used for success in getting myself out. Because sometimes we leave like one mousetrap only to create our own little beast called our company that just runs us ragged. I never worked more than 40 hours a week, to be honest. And for a long while, the high 30s, and now the company, if I'm not working on special projects, runs with about eight hours a week in my involvement, I do leadership. But rewind back to 2005, I was wearing every hat. And then I just found that certain things I just needed to fire myself from. So I found certain things that I, I like had mastered and maybe I was burned out on them or they were taking too much of my time to have the business grow. Or it was something I wasn't ever that good at. Like I'm not a CPA. It was never for me to balance the books. So certain things should have never been on my plate. But I'll just give you an example. I did website design, right? Well, at the time, coding a website would take a good uh, 50 hours, right? So if I sold five of those, like that's, you know, 250 hours of time that would need to be put in on those. And it's pretty easy to outsource a concrete uh, task like that coding. So that's something I outsource and I, I'd get back 50 hours. So now when I sold a website project, yeah, I'd have to, you know, catch the lead, do the quotes and the invoices, do the design, which I quite love. Didn't get off that for quite a few years because I enjoyed it. And I got that off my plate and yeah, I went through some trials and tribulations, but it freed up so much of my time. And it also took away a lot of stress because you can imagine doing everything else and you're having a couple 50 hour coding projects loom. So that was definitely a key to my success. Just fire yourself, right? From things you're not good at or things that you've mastered and you're just sick of doing. So Mm -hmm. I'd say firing yourself is one key takeaway. Well, I love the twist. We've talked about delegation, for example, and that's a nice proactive word. But then the other way is to say, no, fire yourself. You're not going to do that anymore. And you're kind of cutting that off from your do list and your responsibilities. For sure. And another huge one to get out of, and this one was a little trickier, but once I got into the flow of it has gone well, it's just the whole account management thing. Perhaps in a role you're giving some like leadership or high level consulting. So that's one band that perhaps you hold on to, but I pretty much don't do any of the website implementations or run any of the online marketing, or I'm not the main point of contact for those customers. So that really gives me a lot of time to focus on the business, uh, focus like on marketing per se, or like internal cultural stuff. So as soon as you can get off account management, even if you just take a portion, right? So example on that, 
we did websites, right? Well, when you get all the pages, you know, on a website, say 10, 12, 15 pages in there, there's so many rounds of revisions. Well, a junior person can do that, right? Mm -hmm. They can get on the call. They can schedule those like QA passes. So like getting the coding off my plate, getting the endless like QA when a website's finally gone live down to, you know, now pretty much most of it is off my plate. I don't do the sales have a trusted team for that. Don't do any of the operations. The finances run pretty good and I have nice dashboards, right? They're not too fancy per se, but I can see those key metrics in each area. So lastly on that, it's been really satisfying going into more of a leadership role. People have really, as I've let go of control somewhat violently at times, because I pounce and like shred <laughs> things or just jump people's cases for not doing it my way. But once I realized you know, gave people some space and like let us work together to get from, you know, point A to point Z. It's been really rewarding and they have ownership in their work. They like, like it. They actually improve their own processes. So that's been quite an evolution, but uh, once again, going from wearing all the hats to like, you know, finally off account management and sales is the one I'm off of now. What we're trying to do now is actually crack marketing for that steady stream of leads, but that's, that's where the business is at today. Yeah, well, it's exciting to see how it's grown. And, you know, you mentioned dashboards. And so, you know, obviously from a capability standpoint of the team, we're a long way from 2005 where it was simply designing a nice uh, looking website. But the CRM integration, the hosting, the SEO, the uh, marketing automation, tracking and reporting. How have you used this team expansion to expand your capabilities? In other words, getting people who are really good at some of these functions? Yeah, for sure. So I think, you know, having been in the web design, computer science, the marketing for so long now, it becomes obvious what to do because things don't change overnight. Like for a while, no one talked about email lists or no one talked about SEO or now you don't even really talk about SEO. You just like kind of do the right things versus manipulate it. So as trends have come up, um, we'll have like people grab it with our, in our organization, or we'll like start doing it for ourselves. And yeah, we've just slowly like built out the services over time. People, that's a funny question because I don't know. They're always like, does it change so fast? And I'm like, kind of not. I mean, it took forever for Google AdWords to come up and like text Google keyword search ads are still super relevant. So uh, we've caught this stuff kind of slowly. It hits a point where, you know, customers don't even know about it to where they're leery of buying it to like they're demanding it from you. So that's kind of how we picked it up. That's so good. And I guess also then you were talking about expanding in order to give away or fire yourself from more of the account management or administrative task. When you're hiring or adding people to your team, how do you make sure they're representing you, your brand, the agency's brand in a way that you're comfortable with? Yeah. So I think hiring has been, I actually really enjoy the hiring process. I think there's two things with a hiring. It's pretty easy to get someone that knows how to do like email marketing, right. Mm -hmm. Or knows how to, I don't know, do graphic design. So I find that it's pretty easy to find someone with skills, that whole like communication, that approach to work. Would you like to run into this person every day? Cause we spend so much time with the people we work with that whole side, super important, like their vibe, their cultural fit and things like that. So uh, we just kind of go deep on the interviews and I'll give one tip. That's been my favorite tip ever on hiring. You know, we'll put out these like lengthy job postings for like website project manager or coder or something like that. Right in the middle of it, we'll put, Hey, attention to detail is important. Here's your first pop quiz. What's the answer to the math problem? 15 plus two. 
And so you wouldn't believe like out of 85 applicants that, you know, come in from a job board, like only like eight or nine will actually answer what 15 plus two is. And furthermore, at times for the customer facing roles, we have uh, asked them to send a video in even before we talk to them. And so we just get a sense of like how they feel, how they act, how they present. And then lastly, I mean, like any organization does, you know, you bring them on in a trial fashion and you bring them on kind of under someone, right? And they get in the weekly team meetings and get in the process of the organization. And if you've done a good job vetting, if you find people who rated themselves a nine out of 10 at their last two or three jobs, they answered 15 plus two, they showed up on the, the video call or the in-person meeting well-prepared. Once again, we find the hard skills are pretty uh, easy to come by. So that process has proved pretty well. And that's how we found people. Well, also you mentioned that your musician background, how does that feed your creativity? You know, life's like a wheel, right? So work's just one piece of the pie, right? And a lot of times work is work. A lot of people will be like, oh, if I could just do this thing for a living, like it'd be my dream. And it's like, man, if you had to like crank out, you know, 15 art pieces a month just to live, like, you may not like it. So I look at life as a wheel where you have hobbies. I'm here at the beach uh, surfing. I love to surf. I love to go run on the beach, go experience the ocean or music has been a huge one in my life. So uh, my parents, uh, short story, they got me on the piano doing classical lessons at six. Finally, when I was 11 or 12, they let me get on the electric guitar and then I had the chance of playing just every weekend in church for almost two decades. So singing, uh, playing the keys, uh, playing the guitar, and it just lit me up. I didn't, I'm sure I made a little money off of it, but I would either give it back or use it to buy some gear or something or surfboards, to be dead honest with you, <laughs> like get more music <laughs> toys or every yes. now and then I just go get surfboard toys. But yeah, it just brought so much life. And like, I don't know, like the whole world loves music, right? Everybody, you could go to any culture and Perhaps the music may sound a little weird, but they'll vibe with you. Like if you brought a ukulele anywhere and played a happy little melody. So I don't know, music's this whole other language. It's, it, it gets different parts of the mind flowing and it's pretty present moment. Uh, I'm just playing my beautiful uh, Martin acoustic this weekend. So I don't play out at church really at all anymore. You know, I got the kids going and mm -hmm. uh, kind of got into some different viewpoints, but music so much served me for decades. So now... I'll just whip it out at home, the piano or the acoustic guitar and just, just flow. Yeah. And it kind of feeds the soul, doesn't it? For certain. Yeah. I like journaling for that too. I'm a, I like, I love to write and just wake up and journal or do different like self-improvement things. So music and uh, journaling bring a lot of introspection and life. And it's not like, you know, works work. Like I love work, but like there's so much more to life than that. So I, I think that wheel, right. Friendship, yes. like spirituality, if we can, make sure we're dabbling in all those areas. Life will feel a lot better. Uh, for sure. And I, I'm curious, you know, the, the music, the journaling, that introspection time that you're talking about, what, what do you find if you don't mind uh, being open about this? What are some of those things you are reflecting on? You know, I have a sense that you're not just contemplating how could I do the job better? Uh, what are some of those things that you might be reflecting about that again is clearing your mind a little bit for new creative ideas? So I try to look at the why a lot, you know, we all serve so many roles where, you know, a son or a daughter, we're often a sibling, a friend, uh, a coworker, a mentor, right? So how well am I doing in those relationships, right? Am I coming from a place of gratitude? Am I giving? 
Um, and a lot of times my theme lately, you know, we've been in the pandemic, right? Or we hit challenges in life all the time. They could be very practical, like have a car in the shop, supposed to be in the shop in the week, took three weeks, start to rattle my cage, right? I got to go places. I got kids to go around. So lately I've just been focusing on kind of like in, embracing suffering or hardship, especially during the pandemic. And I find that I'll run from uh, run from pain and only pursue pleasure, for example. So I don't know. I've been into this kind of philosophy lately of like, I don't know, showing up in life, finding if, if things are overwhelmingly stressful, just find like the joy in the little part of the journey in the day. Uh, it could be as simple as like, I like running on the beach, right? If the weather's beautiful, what a break that is to have on a bad day. Or it could be anticipating a trip coming up. So those are some of the themes I've been on. We always, I've noticed we always want everything to be like right and in order and on the up and up and life's just not like that. So no. just being open to like, without the rainy day, there's no sunny day, right? But we'll get in places in our life where we'll hate on stuff so much or let some giant thing dominate. And it really doesn't have to be that way. There's an endless world of problems out there, right? So until we find that inner satisfaction, that inner perspective, or realize that it's in times of pain or in challenging times, like weaknesses are exposed, it's the time to grow. Yeah. So that, that's been one of the philosophies I've been into lately. Jeff, we've also been talking, we talked about business, we talked about some of your creative influences, but you have this third part, and that is the giving back. Tell us a little about the organization or the community that you're building for young entrepreneurs coming up. Yeah. So I got this thing going called Converge. And initially I, I set out to do a co-work space here in Jacksonville, Florida. That hasn't materialized yet. But I wanted to give back to like the younger Jeff, the Jeff in the 20s, because a lot of times entrepreneurship is a lonely road. It's easy to get bogged down as you're starting your business, so busy just delivering the product and service, this, that, and the other, that you don't take time to work on it. Or you don't get some simple advice like sign contracts or getting credit card payments on file. So what I've been doing is taking small groups of entrepreneurs on a 90-day journey to go after like one wildly important goal in their business. We'll have weekly accountability calls. We'll have some coaching on like strategies and tactics to actually get that important but not urgent work done. And it's been super satisfying. And I find that, you know, having all of us set one rallying point for 90 days, that's the most recent thing we've done. Going after one goal, like we get on the call, like someone will help someone else out. They'll have complimentary skill sets. And it's really encouraging those younger entrepreneurs to some degree, age is just a number, but these have been people mainly in their late 20s or 30s. And you know, they're going after it and they might be wearing many hats now, but through evolution and through working on their business, like they're achieving great things and kind of seeing it go forward faster. So yeah, I'm all about bringing that together and giving back to the younger Jeff. Oh, that's fantastic. And give us a little, I guess, organizational under the hood. How did you structure it? How does it work to bring these young people together? What I've been doing is these 90 day, 90 day mentoring programs and you can learn more about it at weconverge.io. That's weconverge.io. But basically what I'll do is, you know, we do a little bit of a vetting process to make sure someone really does have a hustle and they're making some money and things like that. You know, we have an exercise to kind of identify and brainstorm together one wildly important goal to focus on. Then it breaks down into like weekly calls where we all get on for an hour, hour and a half. And each month we're going after a milestone towards that goal. So we got the 90 day goal. We got the month one milestone, month two milestone. And then we break the month down into weeks. 
And each week we're pressing on hard towards the milestone. And a lot of times, right, things may change on the how we get there, but we do know for like the next week too, the first four weeks, we're hard going after this thing together. So that's been the structure of it. You know, weekly meetings, monthly milestones, a one 90-day overarching goal. And are people amazed, and maybe amazed is a strong word, but what can be accomplished in 90 days with that kind of focus and sort of collaboration? For sure. Like two things are happening. One is you're pumped up on your idea. You've put it out there. Like this is all about creating the work, right? So this has been an excellent way to get the work out. And I'll just give you an example. I've been working on building my personal brand, right? So it can capture the agency, like the thought leadership I do and the mentoring. So my 90 day goal was to launch jeffvin.com. And I did. And without the 90 days or without like looking these other young entrepreneurs in the eye, there's no way I would have ever got it done. It was just an idea, but sure enough, it got done done and I was stoked. So no matter how, cause like amazed at the results, like you said, perhaps that's a big word, but I think everybody was impressed that just by, you know, a lot of times they might not have been driving down this road. So whether they drove down at five miles an hour or 25, they definitely picked a road and got down the road. Um, Mark, I don't know about you, but we're in this like 45 day live challenge, right? Going live every day. Part of a lot of life is just breaking the ice, right? Mm -hmm. Like just getting that first thing done. And, um, you know, once you get the first thing done, the second, and then the third, next thing, you know, after five days or five weeks or five years, you got a body of work going. So that's what we found in the 90 day challenge. Like it was all in the head. It got sorted and ordered and I could do these five things, but this one's it. And then once again, three months is a good time frame. actually put a dent on something. You could have a lot of a podcast done in three months. Like I launched jeffn.com in three months. Uh, one of the people developed a new product and service to sell as a monthly retainer and, you know, got it all launched and out there and got the first few leads under the belt uh, in the first 90 days. So that's some of the stuff we saw as an output. Yeah, so true. Once, once you do pick a road, I had a mentor once who described it like an on-ramp. You're not going to go 75 miles an hour on the on-ramp, but once you get on the highway and you know which way you're going, then you can gun it, you know, and then you're going to make some good time. For sure. I totally agree. Well, Jeff, it's just been a real pleasure talking with you. I love your creative energy. I love the focus. And I love the fact that you're sort of now reaching back, giving back and creating a new and different kind of community. How, how can uh, our listeners connect with you and your work and find out more about what you're doing? So createwebstudios.com is the digital agency. So that's createwebstudios.com. And then to find the rest, I just go to my main site, jeffvin.com. That's J-E-F-F-V-E-N-N.com. And there it links off to the Converge thing and links back to the agency and gets into some of my personal philosophy too, being an entrepreneur and a mentor. So there you go, createwebstudios.com and jeffvin.com. Perfect. We'll put those in the show notes. And folks, I really encourage you to get in touch with Jeff. He's also one of those kind of guys where you can pick up the phone, set up a Zoom call, bounce ideas off, just a lot of good energy and connection that we can get from you, Jeff. We really appreciate your openness and availability on these ideas. Thanks, Mark. Glad to be a guest. Well, listeners, come back again next time. We'll continue our virtual trip around the world to talk to people all over doing all sorts of creative things, not only where they get their inspiration, but how they organize their ideas, how they package them, and then how they make the connections, create the opportunities to get their work up and out into the world. So I'm Mark Stenson for Unlocking Your World of Creativity, and we'll see you next time. Unlocking your world of creativity with Mark Stinson. Copyright 2021.